Before we offer our message on today's gospel reading, we have with us here a very special guest. Uh, we share a mutual friend, he and I, and also you, as members of this parish, share a mutual friend with him. His name is Haid uh, Taniel Findikian. We're joined today by a priest of the Episcopal Church. His name is Father Rick Fabian, and uh, we're so happy to have him here with us. I thought I would just like to ask him to come forward and just say a few words of greeting at this time. Barry Lewis. Yes, Hayren Sovrumem, by Tzchima Shatlav Chem Haskanum, Yev Chosumem Mikich. Oh, wow. That's all I ever learned. And after, I discovered after two years, the, the easiest thing about the Armenian language is forgetting it. So I, I will, I hope you will accept in English uh, my greetings from my parish of St. Gregory of Nyssa here in San Francisco and from uh, uh, my dear friend Daniel Findikian, the professor of liturgy at St. Nerthus Seminary, who sent me here telling me, that your new priest, Father Mesrop, is a wonderful priest, even if he wasn't one of da- Father Daniel's students. So you can imagine no professor could have higher <laughs> praise than that. Thank you very much, Father, and we will be happy to have you as a guest anytime. And when you visit St. Gregory's on Potrero Hill, you will find there the same warm welcome I have received here. Okay. I hope you do take that opportunity. I hope you do. And please, if you do, speak to him before we do. Convey our greetings to Hartania. We love him very much in this parish. Today, in our gospel reading, uh, we're learning about the ways, particularly in the sixth chapter of the Gospel of John, that Christ is speaking to us and calling us, and the ways in which we encounter him and we can grow closer to him. In this passage, he references a prophecy from the book of Isaiah. And this prophecy says, approximately, they shall be taught by God. Quote, unquote, they shall be taught by God. Who is they? Everyone. And then he goes on to say, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them. Draws them. That's a very interesting word, draws them. Sometimes in a Christian context, we talk about calling. God has called us. In this passage, Christ is talking about God drawing us. And what's interesting is even if you understand the connotation in the Armenian translation, it's saying God pulls us. It's a very active, almost aggressive uh, interaction that we're having with God at that moment when he pulls us to Christ. Of course, people can deny this feeling. People can fight against it. But God is pulling us, and he's pulling us because he has taught us, and he has taught us through the gospel. As a clergyman, as a priest in the Armenian church, I'm often asked, why is it that I chose this path? Why is it that I felt that I would submit myself to the process of preparation for the priesthood in the Armenian church? Why would I think that I was called or worthy? I think that's an interesting question, uh, I answer it a lot of different ways. If you're here in this room and you heard me answer it one way, I probably told somebody else something different. And that doesn't mean that I wasn't being honest. I'm just I'm trying to represent the fact that myself and all of us are called and pulled in so many different ways in our lives. 
It's hard to reduce it to a moment. It's hard to reduce it to one agent or actor in our lives. I knew that I was called because I heard it in my family. I knew that I was called because I heard it in the history of our people. I knew that I was called because I heard it through the glory of this church, this church which we're in at this very moment. And by all of these things, I learned because God has taught me in the same way that he's teaching you about myself, about God, about our relationship with him. But this isn't just a story about me being called to the priesthood or, for example, Father Fabian being called to the priesthood. This is a story about all of us because in all of these spheres of our lives, we've also been called. In all of these spheres of our lives, we've also been pulled closer to Christ. A parish council member recently, a few months ago, said to me, you know, Derhard, it's very interesting, this was his impression, that within our church and within our culture, that people don't feel comfortable always speaking freely and proudly about Jesus Christ. We speak proudly about our church. We speak proudly about being Christian. But we don't always speak simply, clearly, and proudly about the person of Jesus Christ and his role in our lives. And while I don't believe that that makes us any less Christian, I think that there was some truth in his observation, that sometimes we feel shy to express our faith to one another. We feel shy to witness our faith to one another or share in this mutual experience that we have in the Eucharist, in coming closer to God, in being in communion with him. We don't always speak openly about that, but that is a powerful experience. I'm going to share one example. Not many of you were present last week while I was not here. I was in Los Angeles participating in a, in a joint divine liturgy. But in my absence, I asked, where's the subdeacon Nishan Kesseker to offer the message? And he did a fantastic job. If you want to hear about that, his, the, the audio recording of his message is up on our website on the front page. And Nishan didn't question it for a second. Of course I would love to preach about the gospel to you. Was he called to be a priest? Let's cross our fingers. I don't know. (laughs) He's laughing. But the point is, we should be proud for that opportunity to speak openly to one another about this person who is our Savior, about this person who loves us, who died for us, who was resurrected, and who was also calling us to that same resurrection today. It's important for us to be open, to be proud and to be willing to share in this faith because in the world that we're a part of today, we see that being less and less the case, particularly in the generation to which I belong as a millennial. I wouldn't say that amongst our people and in our community, atheism has ground itself, has found a foothold, but I will say that more and more people are comfortable with the concept of being able to say that they're spiritual but not religious. In fact, recent studies have shown that 70% of this generation are very happy and proud to say that they're spiritual, but not religious. Which is to say they believe that there's a God. Which is to say they believe that there's something more than the physical world that we can touch. There's something more to life than just this uh, uh, empirical experience that we have. They believe that there's something there. And I pray to God and I say thank you for this belief on their part because that's something 
that's some place to begin. But by saying that they're spiritual and not religious, they're saying that they don't accept that there is a path that brings us closer to that spirituality. They don't accept that there is a way or a truth that brings us to God. We believe that the way and the truth and the life is in Jesus Christ and through Jesus Christ. That's our religion. We should be proud of that and we should feel empowered to be able to share that with one another. It's true that our church can be demanding. Our church can be demanding because Christ was demanding. Christ demanded that his followers repent. Christ demanded that his followers be disciplined. Christ demanded that his followers be compassionate and help the needy, to help the hungry. Christ demanded that we take into account all of those people who are alone in this world. He demanded these things of us because he had the right to and also because it was the path that we should follow to him so that we should achieve the resurrection that he's promising us in today's message. Christ said, no one can come to me unless drawn by the Father who sent me, and I will raise that person up on the last day. If you're here today, you've been drawn. Amen.